What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Hey there. <laughs> As you know, I am Bree. And I'm Glenn. And we're going to spend a little bit of time chopping it up, talking about episode three of season four of Insecure. Let me just go ahead and start by saying this was a really good episode. Agreed. Yeah, I think that, in fact, we would normally tell you all that we have like a top three and a bottom three. But honestly, we could not come up with solid, legitimate bottom three topics to discuss. <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit more about the plus and the positives um, and also just kind of weave that into what we think that means for the rest of the season. Um, if there's little moments here or there that we felt were still, you know, things to nitpick about, we might bring that up. I know I, I have a couple, uh, but for the most part, we're going to talk about a lot of the things that we like. So hopefully that's cool with y'all. Yeah, I completely, I agree with that sentiment. So many positive things on this episode. You want to start us off, Bree? I sure will. So the first thing that I like, and this was after, let me say this to the listeners. I never watched this show only once. I do it at least twice um, because I need to catch details in the background that I didn't see before. I need to put the caption on the second time around in case there were words I didn't hear. I'm the kind of person that likes to see the show for the show and captions draw me to the words. Um, and I hate that. So I don't do it with captions initially, but then I do. Anyway, in that rewatch, I noticed that in the opening scene, um, Lawrence goes over to Kiss Condola. There's two books on the nightstand. The bottom book, you can see at the top, it's Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. The other book was by an author I'd heard of before. I was like, wait, who is that? Uh, Colson Whitehead. And it's a book called The Nickel Boys, The Nickel Boys. So I literally just downloaded an e-copy and I'm going to start reading it. Um, this show is so good at doing that kind of stuff. Just giving you a little bit of information you weren't even looking for. Always keeping it for the culture, but in so many different ways. And so I have to give a shout out to the way they did that. And at the top of the episode too, like not even, you know, much, much later, right there at the beginning. And I, it's kind of stuck with me. So I think I have to put that as a, as a top moment. Yeah. I feel like the show's on HBO and this is no different. They like, they have a lived in world and you're actually there and there's, you know, it's not just watching the characters, but it's like about the lived in experience of these characters. And so, yeah, just like in the morning, yeah, we see them in bed and they're just like any other people, you know, they might have some reading material there. And yeah, if you're just watching it, you'll miss it. Yeah. But I feel like they drop so much information for us and stuff if you're paying attention. Um, yeah. From that to music, to billboards and advertising. Mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't even pick that up. It was funny. Someone actually just brought up that, the Trevor Noah um, book just like last week. And that's the first time I heard of it. So, yeah. I've got a copy here, but I haven't read it. Okay. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to just have like a book club as well for this. We should. We'll, we'll throw that in the comments or something. I don't know. <laughs> right. Move over, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. You know, you know how balling we would be if Oprah had to move over for us? Right. Ooh. Well, not for us, for Issa Rae and her team. <laughs> okay, that's fair. We, can we just ride Issa's coattails? Yes, that's, uh, I think she'll be okay. I, I hope so. <laughs> okay, <laughs> my number n number one, um, and I guess it kind of like just goes off the lived-in experience of the show from the books to like the people, the relationships, but one that, you know, in the first 
two seasons wasn't really highlighted, but like in the third season we saw more. Uh, Issa and her brother. It's yeah. just like such a, a real experience to have like another person who went through the same upbringing as you. Mm-hmm. And so we see them here like shared so many inside jokes, so many like references to like growing up. Like I feel like we can all like, we can all go to Thanksgiving and you know, you can bring up those situations with your sibling mm-hmm. that happened when you were a kid that literally no one else in the world would know like what was going on. But right. you can, like, trust that your sibling will know, like, <laughs> you know, that one time that, you know, someone brought their <laughs> a, a full <laughs> married man <laughs> to Thanksgiving. And so I just love the back and forth between them. We see them, like, walk up to, you know, their mom's house. And at first, I was I was scared for them at first. And they started running, and they saw the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I truly was like, oh, man, like, it's something's about to go down. Yeah. And then I laughed so hard when they <laughs> realized that it was just Stanley <laughs> and they just walked up. <laughs> yes. Yes. I completely feel that I having a brother feel like there were moments with Issa and Amal that I could see happening with me and with my brother. It's <laughs> significantly messier on the show, but I, I saw it and I appreciate that. I'm so thankful for it and seeing them had that that sibling connection in really good moments i mean to me probably the best scene of the episode is them in that mexican restaurant eating and talking about things so many gems were dropped it's just like really good um which actually is a kind of a segue just more on the family end that was another positive for me just seeing the family dynamics in all of our characters in different ways in this episode so of course for isa it's her and amal it's also Molly and her entire family. It's Lawrence and Condola with friends, which I think they might be more like family to Condola, but you see that dynamic. A lot of Instagram where Kelly's with her family, Tiffany and uh, Derek are together, <laughs> Chad and Leah, who we'll never see, I'm convinced. Um, <laughs> it was nice. It was nice. I think that we haven't had that view of family. That was the first time we ever saw Issa's mom. And she's mentioned her mom before, but, and shout out to Wendy Raquel Robinson playing, uh, when playing Issa and Amal's mother, but we'd never seen her before. So it was just like a nice, I think, way to display it and to show it. And of course it was Thanksgiving. I think everyone was thinking quintessential family time in American culture. So just nicely done. Right. Here's a question for you, Bree. Mm-hmm. Which sibling pair do you feel like matches up more with you and your sibling? Uh, mm. Molly and her family or Issa and, you know, her family? I, mean, <laughs> I guess Issa and Ahmad. So, okay. What I love about the show is that in in all the options you just gave me, both siblings are able to kind of give it back and forth to each other and be <laughs> witty or quick or whatever. I don't know if that's ever happened with me and my brother. I think the quickness comes on my end, and he doesn't catch it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's not here to defend himself, so I don't know if that's fair. (laughs) I know, but if he were here, I don't know. I don't know if he would disagree. But there were moments that Issa and Amal had of just talking, which reminded me of Molly and her brother in the kitchen. I wish I knew their names. I don't know their brother's names. Um, Both of those were similar to me, my brother, for like talking about a situation. Um, 
gosh, I might have to go with Molly and her brother specifically in the kitchen scene. Okay. When he tells her, uh, like, hey, give it a break with how you feel about dad. Fair. What yeah, do you think? That's fair. I'm going to go with Issa. I'm going to go with Issa, the Issa pairing. <laughs> just because, like, I, <laughs> me and my sister have been there, like, eating at, like, a Chinese restaurant or something. Like, maybe not, like, on a holiday, but, like, you know, maybe the lunch or, like, you know, the day before Thanksgiving or the day before Christmas. Um, and it's, like, you know, she knows all the tea that's going on currently in the family. And I'm, like, coming back from college. Mm. And we're going back and forth talking about, you know, our current situations um, and just kind of helping to, like, center each other. Um, just because you know there's, like, no one else that can, like, uh, yeah. relate with you and right, knows, like, right. your crazy family. So I'm, I'm just going to go with them. But you're right. Both of the relationships, like, the siblings definitely helped out with uh, coping and processing through. Exactly. It was nice to see. Shout out to whoever wrote this episode, directed it. I just, you know, again, well done. So that leads us, and I think it's on you to do another highlight. Mm, Okay. So you mentioned this already. Um, It was like kind of like the social media aspect of the holidays. Mm. Um, And this is something that is, in one aspect, it's a negative for me. But it's such a good thing for the show, the accurate portrayal of the holidays and social media, meaning we all know on social media, whether it's like Snapchat back in the day or Instagram, that you're going to see couples, you're going to see like plates of food, um, you're going to see random things, drinks on on Instagram stories. And so it's just kind of like, it's such a realistic, like the writer's or they have to be obviously young writers because they know how social media works and they know mm-hmm. how people use social media. Um, but, you know, it, it's just so real. And in some moments, it's just kind of like, oh, man, these are, like, real people who have real lives. Like, and, and, you know, sometimes it's holidays where it'd be annoying to see other people's, like, plates of food when you know, like, your food doesn't look that good. <laughs> uh, so I just love the portrayal of that. It was just so real. It was. It was. True to life for sure. Um, I think I was talking earlier about how I was going back and forth on, I think I literally said like too much Instagram for me in the show, but I realized having, after I thought about it a little bit, watched it again, it was that um, kind of just an effect that tied everything together in certain ways. Like we find out what Kelly is up to because we get on Instagram. Otherwise we don't really have Kelly in this episode. Um, same with Tiffany. So it actually was, was a good piece, I think, to, to be added. And it also makes me think of another moment that I enjoyed, which wasn't really about social media, but there was media attached to it. Um, it was the joking between Issa and Lawrence in the coffee shop or wherever they were. Um, mm. I really liked thinking about these different movies that they've seen because I guess Lawrence had spoiled this movie called Finding Jaquan um, for Issa. And they do these spoiler alerts, but obviously no alert. They just jump right to the spoiler. And we watch them just have this fun moment. And of course, we've seen it before. I think it really is what makes me enjoy Issa and Lawrence, because I couldn't have said that in season one. Granted, season one started off with us uh, seeing that Issa was clearly unhappy. Um, you know, whether it was 
work related or Lawrence related, um, anything that he was involved in, she wasn't really pleased with. So I think that that was just a nice moment for me. And we've talked before about like, what's going to happen between the two of them. I think honestly, I'm feeling more and more okay with what might happen between the two of them, uh, especially because of what we see kind of transpire between Lawrence and Condola later in the episode. Yeah, I, I agree with, with that statement. And I, it makes me think about um, the line that Issa says, where she's like, you know, she's talking to her brother um, at the restaurant and she's just kind of explaining how she felt a little off uh, seeing that, you know, that was a Lawrence that she should have had, mm-hmm. um, which is, <laughs> side note, that takes me back to the, remember the Molly conversation with her therapist, uh, you know, living in the should or yeah. like living in the <laughs> the woods. <laughs> yeah, therapist is like, I've never said that before, I promise. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, living in the should. Um <laughs> But, but yeah, I mean, it's a real feeling, you know, and she shouldn't feel bad for, you know, kind of thinking that. Um, and who knows if Lawrence was there, you know, at this state in his like professional life in season one, you know, would the show have gone the same route? Would Issa have felt the same things? Um, mm. So, yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting portrayal of that. And especially at the coffee shop scene, which... That actually brings brings me to a side note point. I'm sorry about this. These side note points. <laughs> I, you breathe. You know how I love coffee shops. I and do sitting in coffee shops. <laughs> that was hilarious. Of just like seeing how like the coffee shop experience can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> when when she's like you know trying to say that she got her order to go, <laughs> and the guy called her out like, no, we got the order here. And it's like a sit-down order. And then you see her go up and grab the tray and walk out the door with the tray. <laughs> the progressive awkwardness of that scene brings <laughs> back to awkward black girl. <laughs> like, are we... I hope there's a bench outside that she's sat at. Yeah, that's what I was did thinking she go take, <laughs> Did she take it to her car? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That just looked like such a nice coffee shop. I I would love to like study work in that coffee shop. Likewise. It just looked like the perfect place. I just had to call that out. <laughs> and I'm glad that you did. It needed to be said. Every time we see Issa developing or progressing, we still have to have those moments where everything is awkward. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, just when like you think everything's going well, something has to kind of like bring us back down to reality. Yeah, and I appreciate that about the show. It's like, hey, don't forget. <laughs> right. <laughs> My next point is going to be just the the rift that's growing in between Issa and Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, literally, they're walking down the, aisle, the, the aisle of the grocery store, and it's just kind of like they're both just like going their own, they're in their own lane almost. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of symbolic to me of, you know, they're just slowly drifting away. And I'm trying to think, Molly, when she's at uh, Thanksgiving dinner and her mom kind of gives the advice that, you know, you should, you know, bring Andrew, you know, bring the boy over, invite the man over or whatnot. Uh, That's kind of like almost, it seems like it's in uh, direct contraindication or I guess direct opposite of what Issa was suggesting Mm -hmm. um, that it might be too much. And so 
we see Molly and her mom kind of go one way. And then, you know, Issa, you know, was obviously going another way with that recommendation to bring Andrew over. And so, yeah, I mean, I feel like that just kind of helps to enforce that the space that's going in between them when they both get separate advice on Issa's side of the fence. It's when her brother says um, the idea that she shouldn't, she shouldn't feel a certain way. I'm trying to think about the conversation now. Mm -hmm. In the car or at the restaurant? In the car. It well, yeah, it was in the car actually. Yeah. Because it seemed like that's you know, he said something that kind of made her not feel so bad about, you know, put uh not blowing off Molly, but like not having not feeling so bad about needing to have the conversation. Yep. I believe he said and this was after they read the text from their mom saying, Thanks for being there for dinner, it meant a lot. And they're like, Oh, we should have been there. He's like, Nah, I hate twins. Yes. And <laughs> I think he says you don't have to do something just because people say you're supposed to. And Amal mentions that his therapist is the one that taught him that. And then Issa, you see her marinate on that and then decide to text Molly and say, hey, I'm not coming, basically. So I, I, I like that point, too. I think you're right. I mean, we are, and they built it up like this, right? From episode one, opening scene, we are trying to figure out how Issa and Molly fall out. And we're seeing it more and more each episode. I love that you mentioned how they're in the grocery store in literally different lanes or different aisles, even if you will. Um, it's just so symbolic. It's it's it feels like it's foreshadowing. I mean, even to the point where Issa is putting back the food that she can't afford at Bristol Farm. <laughs> um, there's always been that, I guess. <laughs> socioeconomic divide between Issa and Molly um and it doesn't mean anything for their friendship but the fact that they would even put that in there I think is part of it could have been to lighten the mood but I think the other part really was just to show us there's a lot of difference here and we're beginning to see it more and have them talk about it more eventually if they talk I mean they they didn't talk this episode so we'll see if that real talk comes up I hope it does I think we all need to see that and they need it right. for each other, you know? Yeah. Um, and that makes me think, because you brought up, we talked a little bit before this, but Molly was buying those avocados. And yeah. I think, did you see the price? You saw the price of them? $3.99 each. <laughs> and how many did she need? She at needed, least 12. At least 12. So, I mean, <laughs> for avocados, we literally, literally see Molly spending like a, a ton of money on some avocados. I mean, you know, money is relative, you know, yes. but on the other side, we literally see Issa putting back groceries. <laughs> so I agree. Like your friendship doesn't depend on like financial status, sure, but sure. sometimes Sometimes I feel like it can, unfortunately, if there's already a rift there, it can sometimes just kind of like widen that gap. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that it was put in there for a reason. Um, And that even like the price tag, I think a lot of people I saw on Twitter, someone else saw how much the avocados cost. So that was one of those (laughs) things where you might miss the books on the nightstand or the billboard in the landscape view, but you're not missing the cost of those (laughs) avocados. It was egregious. (laughs) Molly did be getting 12 at minimum. Right. Oh my gosh. Also just really quick side note. I think that when Issa said avocado don't and laughed at herself, I think Yvonne Orji had the slightest smirk 
<laughs> oh, really? Trying not to laugh. <laughs> oh, I, those are the best that, moments. That was fun. Um, I think everything else I want to talk about is just kind of like a small bonus here or there, or just some some different qualms or questions I have. So let me give it back to you if you have any other big moments you want to talk about. Mm, the big moments I have. So another one, I you know, I'll say this is a negative, but really it's like how good the show is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically when Lawrence and Chad are in his Range Rover driving around <laughs> and Chad is over here, you know, you know, Chad's trying to be, I guess he's trying to be Chad, trying to be nice, you know, as Lawrence is saying, you know, about Meridian, how work and stuff like that is going. And then Chad reveals that he hasn't sold a house in a month, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm not a realtor, but you know, I, how bad, I don't know how bad it is to not sell a house in a month, but right. I, mean, I guess there's 30 days in a month. And if that's your primary job, I guess that is pretty bad. Sure. Um, but the idea of appearances that Chad's like putting up, you know, I don't think any of us are surprised that Chad just brought a brand new Range Rover. <laughs> um, and you you mentioned it earlier, the idea like Leah, like are we ever going to see Leah? And my personal theory is that, I mean, like Chad said, he's all about keeping up appearances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Lawrence said to who or something. Yeah. And I mean, Chad said to everyone, to I guess to Leah as well. Yeah. But really in my head, I'm like, is Leah even real? He you real. know, <laughs> I could see him. I mean, someone who goes out of the way to buy a Range Rover when you know that you shouldn't. Yeah. You know that's the same type of person that's going to be out there, you know, lying to people saying that, you know, him and Leah are still together, especially when we see the social media later when Chad like has a camera and like, it's kind of doing a selfie and then tries to show Leah, but then someone bats the camera down as he says, you know, something about another girl. I think my personal theory (laughs) is that Leah isn't in the picture anymore Uh and that Chad's the type of dude who would, you know, try to like, you know, make the scene look like the camera, it's him and someone else. And he would like push it down himself to make it look like there was something else there. That's my personal theory. Absolutely. I wouldn't put it past Chad for a second. In the end of season three, when they're at that movie graveyard site and he says that he won Leah back, you know, I didn't really believe any of that. And I think we're not supposed to believe it. I think we're supposed to uh, just take everything Chad says with a grain of salt. <laughs> and even, I mean, Lawrence does too. He just keeps hanging around. I think, honestly, I think Chad keeps things light for Lawrence and uh, probably helps him feel like he is a rational, well-rounded, like-minded, well, not like-minded with Chad, but uh, he's just a good guy. I think that's what Lawrence feels by clinging to Chad. Mm. Like there's, yeah. not that he's even trying to compete, right? But there's, just a sense of either otherness or betterness or whatever that comes when it's just the two of them. And then if you throw Derek in, he's kind of like this mediator, but not really because he's married, has a baby on the way and Chad and Lawrence don't have those experiences to share. So it's, it's a thought. I've never thought about it until now, but I, that might be a thing they're trying to kind of paint uh, for the Lawrence hive out there, which I don't even understand why there is a hive. I don't know. <laughs> is there a condola hive? I mean, at this point, I, after this episode, I assume there's probably not, I guess. Yeah, we'll see. Honestly, that's uh, one of my biggest qualms with this episode is I didn't really care for Gondola's friends, with the exception of Robin Thede coming in as drunk Nikki. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, 
Right. I didn't care for the friends. I kind of felt like they were condescending. Yes, I actually, I completely agree with you. And that was going to be like one of the few points that I could come up with. Yep. I agree. Yeah, the friends were, yeah, like you said, condescending. Where'd you get that shirt from? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh, you, you worked at Meridian. Mm-hmm. And just like the subtleties and people's voices. And, you know, you can kind of just like get that taste of like their superiority or the fact that they're looking down at you. Right, right. And I am curious about that scene because we haven't seen something like that since season one with Molly and Jared and Issa at the frat party or Derek's frat house or whatever. Do you remember that? Yes. I literally was, I was thinking about, I was thinking about bringing up something like this where it's like the idea of a a group of friends that are like adjacent to the Mm -hmm. main group. Mm-hmm. And how they portrayed them in scenes, but yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I think we're on the same wavelength. Yes, yeah, sorry. no, for real, I, I know we are. And it's that scene where Jared says, "Oh, I didn't go to college," and then they go on this tangent about college people, and the same thing happens here. It's just a little bit of a different topic, whether it was wedding talk or work talk, or even it opens up with Robin Thede telling that guy to say something in French. So, so you have this this man who's uh, maybe like French-American, I don't really know, but he has the accent, he has this other cultural experience, and he's bringing that to this house where Condola's probably used to it, their friends are probably used to it, and Lawrence is the new guy. Condola even says, oh, my friends loved you, they thought you were hilarious. And I'm like, Lawrence brings more to the table than this humor, but I don't think they got a chance to see that. Right, I agree. Yeah, and that- <laughs> The scene when Lawrence is, I mean, unfortunately, when the pipe busts and, you know, all of the water is just going out on his shirt and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's already having a bad time because, you know, Robin Thede just kind of like unveiled that, you know, is a casual relationship they're having. Yeah. But after the after the pipe bursts, the faucet burst, uh, we like slowly pan to see like all three of the women just like laughing I mean, drunk Nikki is obviously cackling, but you know, it's just like three people laughing and giggling. Yeah. And it's that type of situation where you don't really know the people that well. And yes, something funny did just happen, but no one's offering to help you out. Everyone's just standing there and laughing. It's just that type of situation that, you know, it's it's more of like a hostile situation than like Mm -hmm. a welcoming friend dinner. And yeah, I agree. It kind of just makes you think like, I don't think they really saw Lawrence as someone of value, but, you know, I almost wondered, did they all know this idea that, you know, it was going to be, it was like a casual thing, you know, how deep does the conversation that Condola's had with her friends go? Exactly. Yeah. I'd I'd like to know. And I honestly feel like it won't be shown to us. I think this might've been the one and only time we see Condola with her friends. Uh, because she's kind of been brought in right as this additional character with an additional storyline that as Issa and Lawrence continue to have all these little kiki moments and be buddy buddy Condola will just as quickly get out of the picture as she came in I think right I mean it's possible and now I think we've kind of seen the idea that they Lawrence and Condola don't necessarily line up in the things that they've wanted Mm -hmm. um which (laughs) I kind of wish that we got a hint of that beforehand. Yeah. Um, And I guess to some regards, it does make sense um, that Condola was, you know, married and then divorced and she wouldn't want this now. Mm -hmm. 
But, you know, I don't think we would necessarily see that. And I guess that plays into the fact that it's like a shock, a surprise, a plot twist uh, to find that out. But I wish that there were some other hints because it, it just looked like Lawrence and Condola were in such like a nice flow and everything was going so perfect. Yeah. Um, I wish we had like some hints that that wasn't going to happen, that, you know, things weren't paradise. Exactly. Yeah, we really didn't get that. And I maybe, again, it's it's to point to where it all started. I think we are slowly but surely getting back to some sort of Issa and Lawrence conversation when for a while it was Issa, Lawrence, you know, doing their own things. Um, but I, you know, and we've talked before, how many more seasons can this show go? Not sure exactly, but if there's anything that brings us back to a conversation of Issa and Lawrence, we have to see that play out in another season at least. Um, so we get five, and I think <laughs> we can probably cap it off at six. Um, but it, it, I have no idea, you know, anything could happen. Somebody else could get pregnant, and we got to go through the whole baby situation again. <laughs> Someone could move to Darfur. I, like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> right. I mean, I, you know, it makes you think, like, if the, Simpson, if the Simpsons can go on for, I don't know, 20 seasons, 20 plus seasons, why can't Insecure? Like, how <laughs> many seasons did Seinfeld are like friends go on for you know that's a good question yeah. i need to i'm gonna look that up but <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta look up like a seinfeld or, or friends because simpsons this is a cartoon you can make anything happen <laughs> i know as soon as i said that you know <laughs> i realized that um <laughs> yeah so yeah so there's two more things i want to just pick fy seinfeld yeah. had uh nine seasons of it so Okay. I hope that, you know, I hope you guys get this for nine seasons. I know this is HBO, but I believe in y'all. How many seasons did the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air have? I mean, I think that's different, too. That's, like, a whole other thing. Um, like, family. We need another comedy, like, a dramedy comparison. Like, that oh. was in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> that's a good point. But Fresh Prince has six seasons. Okay, see. I thought I, think, I, thought I think mine more. is higher. Like I think The Office had nine. Um, but Parks and Rec I think had six. Mm. Um but you know, that's not up to us at all. Issa, girl, give us a hint. <laughs> right. And I mean I think okay, I feel like a, a analogy could be six seasons of girls. Because mm. that's an HBO show. Here we go. You know, um kind of similar drama. Starring a, like a small cohesive cast, so I could see six seasons. Issa, get you know, give us what uh, what girls had, you know. Yeah, you gotta at least be on that level or better, sis. We know that you're better. Okay, we're not gonna slander anybody on this episode, but Issa, we love you, girl. <laughs> um, okay, let me talk about my two uh, quick things, and then I'll kick it back to you, whatever you have, and we'll wrap up. So. I thought Issa and Amal running was pitiful. If you, you thought it was your mother, you should have been so much faster. They jogged. They said, oh, shoot, mom. And then they jogged. <laughs> I, <laughs> they took a trot. I just, I thought, <laughs> what's going on, guys? Were you unable to move quicker because of the way that the setup was when the camera was rolling? I just, help me understand. Right. Did you not want to sweat? 
<laughs> right. And they were in, I mean, like her brother had a jacket on. So I don't know if it was, you know, sometimes your jacket's tight and you can't really run too fast. You can't move your arms. But I agree. My gripe with that scenario was, let's be real. Like, how far can you guys see? It wasn't like how fast they were running. For me, I was like, wouldn't you be able to see that from much further? You know, if you're walking down the street, you can yeah. see from much further. Yeah. Than what it looked like they were doing. But I get it. I guess maybe it was a long walk from where they parked. And That's I guess point. they weren't supposed to sprint because mom was not the one in danger. Right. But they didn't know that, though. They so. didn't. Exactly. They didn't. I'm trying to give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt, but you're right. <laughs> right. I'm trying to think what shoes did Issa have on. Maybe Issa had some bad shoes on or something. Fair. I don't remember. Fair, fair, fair. Let me get my <laughs> other Issa in a mall gripe. Um, I think they were drinking margaritas on the rocks. And I am a frozen Marg girl to the very end. Lisa, <laughs> let us know. Was there ice in there, sis? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, now that makes you think, you know, back in, uh, back in Florida. So we both used to live in Florida. Mm-hmm. And there were, there were some uh, Hispanic restaurants that had the margaritas with ice. And I, you know, I will have to say I'm guilty of drinking a margarita <laughs> with ice in it, with ice cubes in it. I just want to be given the option so that if I can say frozen, I will. Absolutely. I mean, even chilies, you can get a frozen margarita. That's but true. If, if it's just on the rocks as the one and only option, I'll allow it. You know, I'll, I'll do it. I just mm-hmm. I don't want to really. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. You can see I love this episode because these points are so silly. I know. I, okay, I okay. Here's a point that I was something that I thought about, but you know, it wasn't the biggest thing. Was when they're in bed and Lawrence, you know, kind of self invites him. He invites himself to like to the Thanksgiving that Condola's mm-hmm. having, and you see, you can hear it in Condola's voice mm-hmm. that she is hesitating. Yep. And come on, you. You know, if you just heard someone hesitate, you know, and you saw their face for a quick second, yep. you should probably like just kind of decline and just yep. make an excuse up for yourself. So mm. I was a little bit disappointed in that, that like Lawrence didn't see that. But on the same end, you know, I've been in that predicament where it's like, you just want to go hang out with someone. Mm. Like, you know, you want to be there and you want to be there with them in particular. So it's kind of like someone says like, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm headed to the movies and yeah, I gotta, yeah, you can come along. Yeah. You know, I feel like I've been in a situation where it's kind of like, I'm not going to say no because you just, you just said yes, even <laughs> if you were hesitating. So, you know, I can understand that we're all humans. Yeah. Uh, but on the flip side, Condola, just be honest and just be mm-hmm. straight up and just mm-hmm. be like, hey, I actually just want this to be a small, just like cohesive group. Like, please don't feel bad, you know? Exactly. And then you can keep it moving. But that would not make for a good 30 minutes, would it? <laughs> right. <laughs> that takes a whole nother just like plot out of the episode, I guess. Like imagine an alternate insecure where everyone is honest all the time. Oh, man. That'd be a lot. Um, fewer episodes right but then I (laughs) that makes you think if Lawrence wasn't there um, at the dinner like what would a drunk Nikki would drunk Nikki have been asking about you know the casual boob (laughs) I don't know yeah no we would we would we would miss a lot I'm saying it'd literally be like a five minute episode (laughs) because everybody told the truth (laughs) oh my gosh 
um, I really don't have any other things that are like super pertinent. Um, again, music stood out to me. I was actually listening to an artist named Kirby a couple days ago. And as I was listening to her album, I thought to myself, this sounds like insecure music. And sure enough, um, at some point in the show, a song she has called Kool-Aid was playing. So you could check that out. Um, listeners, check out Kirby. She actually just dropped a little album. It's called Sis. And it's just, this is good, you know, nice R&B, a good listen. So I wanted to point that out. And also Molly's brother talking about how much he loves Taboo is me. <laughs> is it? Yes. I love that game. I can average like seven guest words. It's really good, given the time that you have to get words to be guessed. I, I love Taboo. I love it. Okay. And I mean, yeah, I'm sure it's like, it's even better with, you know, people you know and stuff. Yes, you get hype. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Um, let's see. One surprise category question for you, Brie, I got. Okay. So we mentioned at the coffee shop where I guess Lawrence like spoiled the show, the, the movie, whatever Issa was watching. Mm-hmm. Um, can you... You know, t- tell me about a time where you had something spoiled, a, you know, a piece of media spoiled. Ooh. Oh, that's an excellent question. I do, I do really well or try to when I know I'm behind on something um, to stay off of social media. Nice. Um, and I can tell you one. Yeah, you tell me one. Because <laughs> I, yeah, I know for me that would take a minute to think, think about something. Um, <laughs> But I actually, this happened like a few months ago, actually, at work. Um, if you know that show on Netflix called You, mm-hmm. uh, it's about like the serial killer yep. who's just like a random, like, you know, modest looking guy. In Badgley, what up? Yes. Um, I was like, I think halfway, maybe, no, I've been halfway. I think I had just started like episode one or two. Um, and one of my coworkers had put me onto the show and I was kind of like, sure, like I don't have anything else to watch. And I was actually kind of like, you know, into it. And so I saw that same coworker like maybe two or three days later and was mm-hmm. talking with them, just kind of like chopping it up about the episodes. And another, <laughs> another coworker happened to walk by, heard us talking about it and then and then said the spoiler. I won't say it here. Okay, fair. Um, right, wait, someone else. Wait, no, 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 no. Okay, yeah, sorry. I won't say it. Because <laughs> you're, you're right. It's not just you. It's the audience, too. So, <laughs> right, but I've seen it, just, so I know. <laughs> okay. Coworker just, like, blurted out, like, a huge thing that happened. And then she turned around and said, oh, wait, did you not get that far? Ugh. And I almost had it out with that with that person the worst right you are on the think you are on the level of ignorance of chad when you don't (laughs) go around thinking about what's coming out of your mouth you just only hear yourself like that's i don't i don't know very chad like (laughs) (laughs) i will say one that came to mind when you first asked but i felt like was kind of like a half spoiler um and you know, this is fully on me. I was years behind on Game of Thrones and I was able to only watch season seven and eight um, as they premiered. And at some point, I think it was Twitter, maybe Facebook. It was a social media page that was mentioning Rickon, the youngest Stark boy. 
And I'll leave it at that just in case someone's out there like me behind. Um, but what they said left me thinking like, wait, what are they talking about? And, and now I understand what they meant. Um, so it was like a half spoiler, you know, like I'm not in, aware of anything going on with this child of the family and they're referencing him. And so I was just like, uh, I got a little worried. Uh, it ended up being just fine. Okay. Oh, but yeah, social media. I mean, obviously media nowadays with the internet the way it is, um, it's just you have to watch out for all sides. You have to watch out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I mean, like I, in my example, you got to watch out for your coworkers too nowadays. Okay. Spoilers coming out of nowhere. You ain't <laughs> safe nowhere. <laughs> so that's all I got. That's all you got. Well, I think we are safe in the comfort of our homes, getting excited to watch another episode of Insecure this coming Sunday. What is in store? Of course, we watch the sneak peek, but it's, anything can happen based on that sneak peek. We don't know too much, so I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing what else develops with Issa and Lawrence, how Condola is feeling about it. Do Molly and Issa get to have a talk or not? Um, and what about our other friends? What's Tiffany up to? What's Kelly up to? What's everyone up to? Well, wait, well, we know what Tiffany's up to. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> the baby is born. My <laughs> 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 <Bad> baby. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I, my personal prediction, I did not see this, but I could assume like Molly and Issa being somewhere in proximity at some point during this episode because the baby mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, I think it's almost going to be like, I don't know, back in the Dro days where Molly was with Dro and Issa, I guess, wasn't approving. I'm trying to think how that how that timeline worked out. But there was a time where, like, um, where there was a rift already between Molly and Issa. Um, mm. And the friends had to point it out. It might have been at Malibu. Yes, I'm thinking about back in Malibu. Um, okay. Molly was, like, hooking up with, like, with that young, with that boy of a man. Uh-huh. Um, and Issa is disapproving. So I think it's going to be a very similar situation where it's like uh, Tiffany having to try to like see yeah. what's going on, start a conversation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. I ultimately think Tiffany and Kelly are just other people we can either enjoy seeing on screen or not enjoy, uh, but they're not going to play much of a role, I think, in Issa and Molly's ultimate trajectory. Um because they're they're meant to kind of just be like the other friends, you know. Um, that's not to diminish them as characters, but I think that's that's what we've seen from Jump. We didn't even meet them until I'm not sure what episode it was in season one, but they weren't they weren't initially there. Mm, good point. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, I'm trying to think what. Yeah, was it the house party? It wasn't. No, we had to see him before the house party, right? Um, in season, we have to one. go back and and watch. All right. Is <laughs> It's been another one. (laughs) We did it. We made it to the end. If you're still with us, we thank you so much. And we're looking forward to uh, recapping episode four with y'all, doing a little bit of back and forth next week. All right. You guys have a nice one. Stay safe. All right, everybody. Bye.